Welcome to Hannibal's Horny Hibachi and Season 3. We are a weekly podcast that watches and discusses an episode of Brian Fuller's Hannibal. I am Sonia, your friendly neighborhood true crime nerd. Let's go around the table and introduce the rest of the party. Hi, I'm Celeste. I'm an artist, a nerd, and I'm too new to Hannibal. Hi, I'm JJ. I'm a local filmmaker, local nerd, and the fanable of the three. And this week we watched Digestivo, which I looked up how to say because everyone was complaining <laughs> about my Italian pronunciation. <laughs> and which first aired July 16, 2015. In this episode, we finally leave Europe. That's good. Yay! But we end up prisoners at Mason's Pig Farm. That's bad. <laughs> and we've come to the end of the episodes that are hard for me to pronounce, so. But That's go good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> This is an exciting episode. I, I like know. this episode. Oh my god, it's really good. Yeah, uh, but was no one gonna freak out when they walked into Hannibal's house and like he he was just sawing a man's head and like those cops didn't even react. They're just like, eh. happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just part of the job. Yeah. I'm just like, holy crap! I'm like, jeez. <laughs> well, it's more related to my uh, like. Because, I don't know, cops put up with a lot of stuff. That's more than related to the next episode I'm going to talk about. But, yeah, like, ooh, cops. Well, I'm sure they were prepped since they were, you know, bribed to go get him. Yeah. So, like, be careful. He might be Doing eating, something weird. eating and killing people. <laughs> It'll be a surprise. <laughs> Money can blind people to anything is what I wrote. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack was, like, pretty cool. Like, well, he was freaking think- out when he, like, you know, he was... Uh, Hannibal's sawing hmm. Will's head, but once like the police came, he's like, "Hello, like police, hello." But it really broke my heart to see Jack's heartbreak over the cops only coming to get the bounty on Hannibal. Like you could see the disappointment in his face when he knew they weren't there to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, you're here to collect a bounty." <laughs> Crap. <laughs> but I did love that she saved Jack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was cool. Me too. I was so happy because I'm like, I don't know, I don't want to see Jack lose his head. But I like what that line he says to Chio, just like, they are identically different, Hannibal and Will. And I was like, can yeah. we stop the game? Let's <laughs> go like, oh, hold it down, you fangirl. Not you, but uh, Jack. <laughs> oh. No, he just, he just finally accepted it. <laughs> As everybody else should. <laughs> but I was wondering why she didn't say Will. Could she not see what he sh- what he was doing, or did he she not really care? Because like she could have fired on Hannibal or like fired the drill out of his hand. But I'm just like wondering about that. Maybe she came a little too late. Yeah, maybe she was up there like getting set up, and she's like, "Oh crap, something's going <laughs> <laughs> I better hurry. <laughs> well, you know, she did try and push Will off the train, ah, and yeah. no, <laughs> it's like. His, it's like, clean up your mess, Chio. But yeah, she probably honestly didn't care. Oh yeah, well, because like he was, like he's getting what he wanted. I think was what she's saying. Mm. Like this is what you wanted. Like I'm not gonna stop him. Um, but the show's long drawn out conversations, uh, conversations in the midst of bodies always annoys me and terrifies me because <laughs> I'm like, everyone's way too calm. I mentioned this before, but the fact that people don't immediately shit their pants when they see a body upsets me, especially <laughs> the bodies in the cases where we see them in this episode. So I'm just like, <sighs> like, I 
like I could like um I see that picture I was talking about last week, last episode of a Bruce MacArthur's victim. Like mm-hmm. seeing that unsettled me, and that's just a photograph. And I'm like, even though I talk all hardcore about being a true crime nerd, like some stuff still upsets me. Like there's a picture of one of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims that I saw that really freaked me out. I was like, Ugh. yeah, I guess yeah. But we come from the age of Rotten.com, so. If I saw saw a body, I'd immediately... Like, if I saw anything that looked like a body on the street, I'd just be calling 911. Well, we've been watching gory movies since we were kids. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're kind of a little used to it, I guess. But, like, seeing one in real life would be a whole different story. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. Like, because I I was thinking about this today, because I was listening to a podcast where they were discussing Jurassic Park. And why it still continues to work as a film 20 years after it's been made. And it's because it mixes CGI with live-action puppetry and stuff like that. Mm. And so I'm like, there's certain cases where you can turn off the realism. Like, so a movie like, uh, what's it called, Brain Dead by Peter Jackson? It's one of his pre-Lord of the Rings movies. And there's a scene, it's about zombies. And there's a scene where a character is fighting off zombies with a, with a lawnmower. And, yeah, you can turn off the idea. It's still pretty gross, but, like, you can turn off the idea of, like, okay, that's not real. But, like, some of the stuff in this show is, like, a bit too real for me, as we will see later in this episode when I freak out over something that happens. <laughs> no, this episode is very cringeworthy as well. Yeah. Like, I kept flinching at certain scenes. Like, I mean, every scene that's very shows blood. Yeah, I, I don't know how they can be cool as a cucumber in the yeah. show. I don't well, understand. I agree. Like, you know, it was really weird. Like, uh, how many times have I watched this show? And I guess I just never watched this episode as intently as I did preparing for this podcast, making notes and everything. Sure enough, last night I had a nightmare. And it was the darndest thing where a lady, like, was in this weird, um, like, I guess it would be a giant grinder, I guess. Oh, no. And she was really calm about it. Like, she knew it was coming. And then, I don't know, she she slowly let herself be. (laughs) And I was like, why? Why? And I'm like, why am I here? (laughs) Why am I stopping this? And it was just, yeah, so I was like, why did I dream that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, well. <laughs> I was dreaming about bloody stuff last night. But that was so weird. I've never had any nightmares caused by the, the show. Hannibal show. Yeah. And this was the first time I had a nightmare. So it was really weird. Well, Sonia, do you want to tell about your nightmare? Yeah, so, uh, well, it's kind of a nightmare, kind of a nice thing. So this, doing season three of this show has made me not like Will. But it's made me like Alana. It's a total, like, three, uh, like yeah, a 180 from the first season. Yeah, you how much you don't like Atlanta, and Will, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but now it's reversed. And so uh, I had a dream last. Of course, me ha- hating Will finally resulted in me having a sex dream about Will Graham. And I was like, where were you last season? <laughs> so, but it was basically us trying to solve uh, the Jack the Ripper murders. It was pretty bizarre. Obviously, we didn't solve them. But, like, <laughs> it was pretty interesting. <laughs> but I like how immediately Alana and Margo are a team. Like, the, mm. like um, I really do hate when things just happen suddenly. But I think the the suddenness of their relationship seems organic to me. Like, because I think they see uh, a partner in each other. Like, that's one of the my favorite parts of the last two episodes is their relationship. Mm. Because it's really good. But well, get that semen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to think that um, had the show gone the way originally planned, uh, we would have had a more uh, more of a courtship between the two of them. But because obviously we have to speed the, the, the story arcs along. Yet at the same time, they still did that. They executed it very well because, yeah, it doesn't feel that rushed. Yeah, it just it feels like they, mm-hmm. they're kindred in their... Um, 
in their trauma. Not mm. in their trauma, but, like, it seems like Alana wants to protect her. And I really yeah. like that. Like, because, like, she isn't about to go after Mason, technically, mm. until Mason threat- starts threatening Margot. Mm. By saying, like, oh, yeah, you're never going to have a baby, bleh, that sort of thing. Mm. And, uh, but, yeah, like, speaking of Mason, I love his hair in this episode. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, when uh, when he was, uh, what was it, when he's got his, uh, when they're about to see him in the, hanging in the truck and his hair. The, that was the first thing I thought. I was like, Sonny's going to love his hair. <laughs> <laughs> but Mason and Hannibal's interactions this episode are so gay, despite the fact that he's about to torture him. Like, because they're, they're, they're just talking like they're about to, like, have sex or something. I got that impression. It was really bizarre. Oh, yeah. It's because, like, Hannibal was amused the whole time. Like, he yeah. was smirking and yeah. it didn't take him seriously at all. <laughs> so that's like, probably why. <laughs> uh, the fact that Alana is on call to Mason freaks me out for some reason. Like, cause she's there in the middle of the freaking night, it seems. Like, uh, that whole scene where he's in bed and she's right there. I'm like, why are you there? Well, she's the therapist, right? So, yeah. and because he's so rich, I bet he could afford to actually keep her, like, probably in the, house. in the house-ish. She probably has an apartment. Like, that house seems big enough that she actually has, like, a little side apartment somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I could be wrong, but that's what it feels like. Well, they, yeah, don't, they don't really explain it either. Yeah, like, because, like, she's just there as his therapist, right? Mm. But she's also there as his um, his Hannibal intelligence, I guess. Mm. Oh, maybe because it feels like she's always there because she's, you know, sexing it up with Margo. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Good parts of this episode, yes. <laughs> but um, I also adore the secret looks between Margo and Alana. Like, I think it's, like, a true testament to how good the actresses are that they can telegraph so much and just one look to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, because you can tell something's going on, and I really love that. They look like a couple. Yeah. Just with just with glances. Yeah. And the fact that since Alana danced with Hannibal, she knows he has the upper hand even if it appears he doesn't. Like, she's not underestimating him. Mm-hmm. And I think she she's trying to warn Mason of that, and he's not seeing it. Because she's like, he's in the fucking pink closet. Like, what's going to happen? Like, yeah. I like that line where uh, um, Mason says, I'm not playing Dr. Bloom. And she goes, Hannibal is. He's always playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he doesn't get it. I know. Because he's never tangled with somebody on his level. Like, he thinks he knows Hannibal, but he doesn't. Yeah, it's really cool. And Elena does. And I also wanted to say, I really want Mason's torture chairs. They look so amazing. Like, the ones that they're dragged in on and, like, they fold in as chairs. Like, well, I thought they were actually, like, uh, makeups of his own chair that he yeah, has. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it looks like his chairs, yeah. Like, they were, like... Well, sorry, that's me opening a bottle here. Here, I'll do it quickly. <laughs> but they, they look like... Um, that's what I said in here. Um, the suits chosen for Will and Hannibal look like something that Mason would wear. Yeah. So I think he's just trying to make them in his own image of that. Work, that well, that's what is. I thought was funny. Like, when, uh, I, when I was uh, looking at that scene, yeah, where they... Uh, dinner with Mason, they dressed them both up. How you said in a pre- previous podcast how you thought... Hannibal would probably be like Mason had he had so-called regular upbringing with his parents and his sister still around. He still would have been a psychopath, but he still probably would have been like Mason. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting that he was dressed up the, the way, way Mason he would be if he were Mason. Mason. Yeah. So I thought that was thought that was interesting. <laughs> and we know Mason is a fucking psycho because he's gonna ruin Will's beautiful looks. Yeah. <laughs> like you bastard. You know he's insane. <laughs> and he uh, brings up those. Uh, German cannibals. Yeah, Arby Muse that we did, that we covered in season two. I think I can't remember the Ramstein. The Ramstein song "Mind Tale" is about him. Yeah, mm. so, which I mentioned yeah. in that episode. Speaking of Camille Rotten, still love your Ramstein drawings of Miss mm. Nicholson. I'm going to say that forever. 
Like, oh my god, I had a dream work. about her art. <laughs> Wait, I saw the tweet, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, without giving too much details, it was, um, well, it was a sexy dream. And one knew that I was trying to, like, you know, that me and my husband pulled the goalie, right? <laughs> whatever, whatever happens, happens, right? So they thought they would help me. But we didn't, uh, we didn't do anything together. They just basically said, open your hand. <laughs> Take this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and when I went to go, you know, do something with it, my dream made it shrink. <laughs> and then finally it was just this tiny little bead in my hand. <laughs> and then it disappeared. <laughs> it was like evaporating. <laughs> Without giving any details. And I was like, huh, what a weird dream. But then when I woke up, I was like, boy, they looked really beautiful art. <laughs> they were like the like, drawings she yeah, does. Yeah, they, they were the drawings that they were. But in the same colors and everything. So it's like probably be, the best way I could describe it is being in a Roger Rabbit yeah. <laughs> movie. Ooh, I love that. Roger, that's what it kind of felt like. <laughs> so it was really neat. <laughs> They're very helpful. Good problem solving those two. Mootsy beating of arm and muse. All the talk of eating penises with the shot with the shot of the sausages grossing yeah, me right? out. I know. How is the shot grossing me out? I instinctly like touched my nose and went yeah, and they're like, oh, there's no one else here. <laughs> to see that gesture, so it just made no um, point. I think the only other explicit version of using sausages in place of penises is when they did it on Game of Thrones after uh, Ramsay Bolton uh, castrated the Theoden Greyjoy. Hmm. He's torturing him and then he was torturing him with a sausage that he kept shaking all over the place and I'm like okay we get it mm -hmm. <laughs> just cut it out ew <laughs> just me out and uh, I, but uh, yeah I love um, Hannibal's fucking smile the I, entire yeah, he's not scared at all <laughs> he's I just it. completely amused right he's just like like oh Mason <laughs> <laughs> if I were gonna eat if, I, if someone were gonna eat me I'm glad it's you <laughs> yeah it's just like this is well done good for you the pleasure he takes in how they're gonna eat him makes me smile <laughs> but it's like it almost feels like a weird um well it probably makes sense like uh um you know how you would smile at a kid who tried to make like a uh, like a play dinner for you or yeah. something, and you don't want to laugh because that's rude. <laughs> smile because you're amused by their efforts. Oh yeah. And it's just like, but at the same time, you're also like, like good for you. <laughs> this is well done. But at the same time, you know, like at any moment, you could have the upper hand if you wanted for whatever evil reasons you would do that to a kid <laughs> but i'm just using that power dynamic as an mm -hmm. example that's yeah. what this dinner feels like and it really feels like hannibal truly believes at any point at any moment it's like all you i need the tables, yeah. it's like all i need is my like my right hand free you know and we can do this well so. it reminds me of um celeste's nephew he's one of my favorite people in the world like we're best friends despite him being three years old <laughs> <laughs> well, about to be three years old so every time i go visit um Celeste's other nephew, his little brother, uh, is this tiny little cute baby. And so every time I go over uh, Pork Trap, as I'll call him, Pork Trap will grab me by the hand and start leading me somewhere. And since I weigh like 200 pounds, like he couldn't move me unless I yeah, told yeah. him to. So he's like pulling me along to go show me his little brother. And it's just like, that's what it reminded me of. It's like, oh, hey, come here, show, let me show you something. <laughs> it's just like really cute. Mm. <laughs> but uh, speaking of watching the show with more intensity, I totally forgot that they branded Hannibal. <laughs> freak me out. I hate the show. I thought that was Bill at first for some reason. Yeah. And then the, the pleasure they take in telling him that like they could have branded his face. Mm. Like, ah. I don't like burns. I think I'd make a note about that. About that branding. 
The brand yeah, is yeah, yeah. creepy. But like, uh, I was saying how, like, uh, going back to the dinner briefly, uh, I love the smile that... <laughs> That Hannibal gives Will after Will bites uh, Cordell's, Cordell's face. face. Oh. He just smiles so affectionately at him. It's just like, like so oh. proud. <laughs> it's like, do something, Gosh, man. I love you. <laughs> you did that so good. But yeah, that branding moment, he doesn't even flinch. You yeah, know? he's just the like, most, oh, this is The most you see is as the camera pans up to uh, Mass's face, he just kind of breathes it out, right? Yeah. <sighs> what was I saying? We are talking about branding. Right, so yeah, he looked uh, like he looked bored even, and uh, I always uh, suspected in his past that he he knows some kind of meditation or some kind, mm -hmm. just completely. But yeah, I was gonna give a, a real life example of how like uh, you ever notice how like you're just kind of walking along and you stub your toe and it's like the worst fucking pain <laughs> in the world. And it's like, ah. but then sometimes you're so concentrated on something. Sometimes like cooking, mm -hmm. and you're chopping, chopping, getting all this done, and then it isn't until you're all done that you finally realize, oh, my hand hurts. And then and you then see you it, yeah. that there's a cut there because you were just so concentrated on something else. It, I've done that countless times. It's just a giant little... Well, it's not so little. metal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you didn't even think twice about that pain. So I, I don't want to equate it to Hannibal's, you know, mastermind, but it's just... I just thought because he's a stone-cold bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That too. Yeah, he's, he's just... Yeah, he's already... Yeah, he's a stone-cold psychopath. Well, just like stuff you can... You can turn off certain things in your mind if you don't want to deal with them. Like, mm. um, like... Because I'm very anxious. Like, I have anxiety as well as depression. But I can turn off my anxiousness in certain parts. Like, that's why it takes a lot out of me to go to festivals. Just mm. because I have... Like, I shut off that part of me that hates that part. But I often have to sleep a lot after I do it. But, yeah, like... Um, like, going back to pork chop. Pork chop... Um, um, once was trying to drink uh, coffee that was too hot for his dad. So I put my hand in front of him and he burned my hand. And I didn't notice <laughs> until like after he was okay. And I'm like, mm. ow. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> There's like Homer Simpson like later responses like, bad bees, bad. Ow. You notice, but you don't notice. Yeah, it's like uh, your your protective instinct overrid uh, anything else so you could keep protecting until it was safe. And then it's like, Ow. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like how people can run on broken bones until they realize, like, oh crap, like I'm actually really, really hurt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why um, I I ended up really really uh, damaged after I got into a car accident. Like I almost cracked my ribs, oh, and yeah. I didn't notice until the adrenaline had worn off that I was really, really seriously hurt. <laughs> yeah, the same thing happened to my dad. My dad got t-boned once, and uh, he was he was uh, he was running on so much adrenaline. And he's like, okay, we're fine. Everybody's fine. All right, we're fine. And it wasn't until a day later that I think we went to a show or something. And then he said, I'll wait for you girls outside. And then he finally texted me saying, you guys got to come out. You got to come out. I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> we're like, what? He finally felt he had, like, broken. He had bruised something internally. It was, Ugh. And it finally hit him while he was waiting Ugh. outside. I was like, that took a whole freaking day for you to feel that? <laughs> And apparently, yeah, apparently he, like, yeah, he injured something on the inside, but he was already, he was just so, so psyched, high. Yeah. And then he took his meds after, so, oh, like, that I also uh, blocked the pain even further. And then, yeah, it just hit him like a fucking ton of bricks, so. Oh, it's creepy. Which is probably, maybe that's what's also running through Hannibal's adrenaline. Adrenaline and self-preservation, probably, yeah. yeah. Um, but... I really love the interactions between Cordell and Hannibal. Um, you can see Cordell's annoyance that Hannibal's reactions aren't what he wants. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like, He's he not just, used to Hannibal yet. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's just trying to scare him, and Hannibal's like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I'm really excited to see what you cook me at into. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cordell's threats mean nothing. Yeah, it just went really cool. Um, but going further than that, um, 
I don't know how they managed to make Mason so goddamn cruel in such a short amount of time. Like, because we've seen him. He's a horrible person, right? Mm-hmm. But the fucking hope he gave Margot when he told her she, she has a surrogate fucking killed me, and I'm glad he died in pain. I know. That one just... <laughs> like, that was the cruelest thing he's ever done. Like, because he, he told her, like, you have a surrogate, and, like, the baby's, like, alive. And I was like... Oh, I know. And then you see what it is, well, which we'll get to in a second, but... <laughs> but she looks so pissed off, too. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that that sealed his fate because she wasn't like she was totally he, not gonna do. He finally <laughs> crossed the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, she wasn't gonna kill him probably because like she was the hesitant one until she found out what he had as a surrogate, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna say so. So we're um, yeah. So after that scene, we're back to uh, uh, Hannibal or Mass. Bound, <laughs> bound down. <laughs> the stress position, which I did not realize yeah, was naked. <laughs> uh, fun fact: Mass is actually in that position for filming, and he is actually naked. Yeah. Uh, not for all of it, obviously. <laughs> it depends on which camera angles are there, but for the vast majority of it, he actually is in that position and naked. <laughs> yeah, and I, I realized he was nude in that cage. Where the fuck was I when I saw really? this never... for the first time? I totally forgot he was naked. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw it right away. I was like, Whoa. This is like one of the most gift scenes on Tumblr. How well, could you miss that? I'm just like, Sonia, Forrest James. But Mason's got Hannibal in a stress position. Also, I said, uh, mm. what, what a fucking bastard! And I, told I want to know what that feels like. Hold on a second. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because you place, you you put your hips at an angle to the yeah, floor, right? And you have to stand on your toes. Oh, really? Yeah. Ew. And your hands are behind your back. <laughs> so try and hold it. Okay. Yeah, she's got it. <laughs> Joints pop while you're doing yeah. it. <laughs> That really, I can't even do a plank for like five seconds. I don't know how he could do that. <laughs> it was just, you should see me just going slowly like down. Yeah. They do that um, a lot in North Korean prison camps to punish people. Mm. Yeah, it's really like you don't think it's going to be that big of a deal to like stand in a squat for like a really long time, but it really could take a lot. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, well, you can't you- sleep, you can't. Like, get comfortable, you can't rest. Well, you do any position for a really long time, it'll be stressful on you. Yeah, like, I'm looking up stress positions on, um, on Google right now, <laughs> and, like, they have people lying across chairs, they have people, like, balancing on a box, they have people being pressed between chairs, mm. like, or having their arm, like, bending over where they have their arms behind their knees, and they're standing. Yeah, so it's just like, they also do that in Russian prisons, so the... The uh, prisoner, they transfer them in stress positions so they don't, they can't recall, like, the pathways they take. So it's, like, it's pretty, like, it, I think it's actually considered torture under the Geneva Convention. I should check it out. Continue. I'll look that up. <laughs> <laughs> stress positions. Torture? Question <laughs> mark? Let's see. Um, I think they do constitute this torture. Yeah. Human rights. Some detainees are forced into stress positions. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, I'm like, I'm rather, like, you got to give kudos to Mass for able to do that. Well, because he did it in um in Doctor Strange too. Like they, that was a stress position he was in when they. Uh, oh, look that up. Hold on, <laughs> Doctor Strange. Oh uh, my god! When I first saw that, I remember I was I was I was like <laughs> the only one laughing for a little bit in the theater until everyone else kind of I guess joined in with my laughter because it was pretty funny that weird <laughs> torture thing here. Where it's like shh, 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 and then. Whoosh. 
Yeah, I can't remember his character's name in that movie. Colossus? Uh, Colossus? I was like, Morlock. <laughs> Colossus or something. Anyway, um, yeah, when I first saw that in the theater, I was like, that's going to get gift so much. much. Yeah. So, so soon. So <laughs> sure did it. Yeah, 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 like yeah. like a week later, it was... Um, it was yeah. it was the shitty gift though because mm-hmm. people like used uh, you know a pirated camera rip yeah camera rip someone brought a camera into oh, the theater yeah. yeah and then eventually yeah, it got cleaner got the HD version yeah <laughs> I think I found it all and I'm trying to find it this is a scene but I believe uh, Camilla uh, Camilla Rodden did a uh, fan art of him in that <laughs> thing and uh, I'm not sure who he's doing is he doing Doctor Strange on that he's drawing? probably doing Doctor Strange I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I've seen somebody. Hold on. I'm trying to find it. Oh, Either way, it's K-A-E-C-I-L-S. <laughs> I'm just trying to find the picture for Celeste. So thanks. But please go on. I uh, will find it. You know, as kinky as uh, Camilla Rotten is. She's a really sweet kid. I she know. really is. I wonder. I'm kind of surprised she doesn't do more bondage stuff, but maybe that's why. But she's younger? I don't know how old she is, but she does seem like um, I don't think she's that young. She, a bit younger than she me, draws penises really good. <laughs> so she knows. And, like I don't think she's I think she just gives that impression that she's young. Well, but, uh, we, but I don't know. They've surprised you before. Her and I were discussing Ramstein because she loves Ramstein and I've actually seen them in concert. And so I was telling her about um how they end the concerts where they play pussy and like the lead singer's like riding around on a big giant penis that shoots both into the crowd. It was what? Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what? So, That's insane. It was My, awesome. It was the did best. Did you see post. the one they were here, here in Winnipeg? Yeah, when they were here in Winnipeg. I love that weird, like, bondage thing where they were on the on the bridge. Yeah, they were, that and, was uh, my tell, yeah. Like, because yeah. the, the, the video, they do the same thing. And all the band members are walking on their hands and knees, and they got chokers and chains, <laughs> and someone's just, <laughs> tr- you know, pulling them along. And I was like, 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 it's, it, like, it, 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 it. <laughs> I'll pull it up. Okay. Like, how many people do you know who are, like, that famous, that big, put on that kind of performance art? Because that is such a, it's not a demeaning position, but it's, it's, mm. it's sub, submissive, you know? And it's very, it, it's, uh, you also have to be super comfortable in your own skin to be in that kind of position. So, yeah, I was yeah, just especially like. especially having your, like, friends do it. Yeah, yeah it, was like a, it was like a newfound respect I had for Ramstein. You know, like, it's like, yeah, they're a cool band. I like their music. But after seeing them do that, I was like, wow. They rule. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to find it where they, like, because they, they um, like, if you've never seen Ramstein in concert, even if you don't, like, only know Du Haas, like, go see them in concert because they're freaking amazing. Oh, yeah, like, that's beautiful. Like, it was the, one of the coolest concerts I've ever been to because they actually, like, ate, ate one of the band members live and they blew up the stage. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah! Well, it was like, it was like, for the longest time I held System of a Downs concert, like, way up here on the, on a pedestal. Fucking Ramstein knocked him down off that pedestal so hard. <laughs> smacked it yeah. down. Well, that was like the best, best I, show. I remember when I saw how far the the front, because usually the front uh, the front row is about like maybe five feet away from the stage. Hmm. At Ramstein, it was thirty feet away, and I'm like, what the hell? Why is it so far away? And then you realize they they let they cut the first pyro, and like ten or five people, ha- ten or twenty people had to be taken out immediately because of the heat exhaustion. I'm like, yeah. this is so cool. I'm gonna die here. <laughs> best show. But I totally forget, forgot that the line from the Hannibal movie where Hannibal tells Cordell, like, 
kill Mason, you can always blame it on me. Was yeah. in this was in the show basically where he tells Margot like like kill Mason and blame it on me. Who's gonna know? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I love that so much. It's a parking ticket to me, Margot. <laughs> but, yeah, I loved uh, Alana just before she frees him, where she's like, "Could I have ever understood you?" And he's just like. No. <laughs> and she like, just like rips the hair out of his head. I know. How satisfying <laughs> probably was that. It was super satisfying well, watching that. One thing I wrote here. Uh, Dan Alana coming in with that fucking shrink at Eliza Gun. And I love that Margot had an eye light. Hannibal does not. And Anna, Alana had one eye lit and the other eye was dark as a shark. And the lit one disappears after he threatens her. I was like, oh. subtlety! <laughs> so it was really cool. I really love that shot. Because it's like, oh, so cool. I just noticed that. Sorry. I just had to bring it up. Because I'm like, half one eye. Lit, the other isn't, and then when you cut back to her, no eyelid. I'm like, whoever did that, mwah. <laughs> like an Italian kiss. <laughs> I never noticed that before. That's oh, awesome. That's so cool. But I like, like that he has a good graces to sound apologetic when he when he tells her no. Really? Yeah. He he was, <laughs> well, he sounded apologetic to me. <laughs> so. I don't know. To me, it just sounded like uh, it was sort of sweet. Not not just if the probably the first time in his life where he's been so honest. Yeah. With Alana, you know, yeah, and not, I think that's better, and not even rudely so, which will come later. Um, he's honest, but he, he's kind of rude about it, almost in a way. Anyway, you'll see, you'll see. <laughs> Celeste. But anyway, that in this moment, you know, he had he has he's literally stripped away of everything, of every single thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, could I have understood you? And it's like, no. <laughs> it's no. just <laughs> I thought he sounded apologetic, like in terms of not, he didn't want to be rude. Is how he put it, I guess. I'm I not, felt it, sure I read it so polite, differently, but I, I'm more of on JJ's side than you just just being honest. Yeah, yeah. he just not feeling anything, just telling her the truth. Yeah, like, yeah but then ahead. he became threatening again when he was like, "I always keep, keep my, my promises." promises. <laughs> <laughs> Kill him now! <laughs> so they started. So like, that. but I, that almost felt like not apologetic, but almost respectful in that response, saying, "So you know." I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you if uh, <laughs> if, <laughs> if this happens. If the chance comes, so it's really on. It's your gamble to free me. And yeah. It's like, it's like she's not gonna free. <laughs> but him taking off his collar right then, like, how many times have I seen that come across my dash on Tumblr? <laughs> That's what I wrote. And Hannibal getting up from the pig cage, ready to kill everyone, was making me afraid and horny. <laughs> it's like watching a tiger. <laughs> So, but Celeste, what were your thoughts on a lot of this stuff happening so far? <laughs> oh my gosh, there's just so much that happened, but I love everything with um, Margot in it. Mm. And I was afraid for Alana when she showed up. I thought she was going to save Hannibal. I was like, no, please. Don't save them. <laughs> I know you're blinded by the D, but please, you, you have to be now. <laughs> you have a girlfriend. He's better than the D. But I love everything with Margot and Alana. Especially, like, in a later episode mm. um, of this episode. Just, like, everything that they went through. They really do feel like they're partners in yeah. this episode. And that Alana was actually there for Marco the whole time. Mm. Well, and one big thing I love about, like, the differences between Margo in the book and Margo in the show is that they don't have to um, portray one as the masculine one and one as the feminine one. Mm. Like, that, that's what I like. Because I hate in um, mainstream media where they have a gay couple, they always make one the more masculine of the two. Like, so you know who the boy and the woman is. And that bothers me. I'm like, I like that they're both super femme. It's, like, so cool. Mm-hmm. 
Mostly because I have a crush on both of them. But I find Joe Anderson's really huge overacting of the eyebrows hilarious in that scene where they're going to swap faces with Will. Because he's just like, his eyebrows are just going nuts. He looks like Hermione from the Harry Potter movies because they're just jumping around. What part? When um he's talking to Will before the surgery where they trans where they're gonna transplant his face onto his. Oh yeah, yeah you just see his eyebrows going crazy. Well, I thought like, it was because he was getting high. Like, he's because, probably getting high because too. of the the drugs. I thought he was like you know like like oh yeah. Face is gonna look so good on me. Yeah, that's what I thought was going on there. <laughs> oh, he's so crazy, and Cordellus is really brutal in this scene. Yeah, he's mm. so gross. <laughs> oh, but now that we're at the scene, I was hoping to just talk briefly about uh, what drug Cordell uses to immobilize Will, but that you could still still feel. I was like, what is this? So I found this uh, one thing. It's called uh, the Crime Fiction Writer's Forensic Blog. And I was like, Ooh. like how, cre- how cute is that? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, uh, it says, is it the, I, I don't know how to pronounce this drug, uh, suck, but, um, Susini colon? Colleen? Susinolin. Oh, yeah, that's a long word. Susinolin colon? Susinolin colon? I don't know. That sounds right. But anyway, short form is sucks, S U X, which I'm like, because it sucks for you. Is a neuromuscular paralytic drug. This means that it works at the junction of the nerves and muscles and causes muscular paralysis. It paralyzes all the muscles of the body, including those used for breathing. Without ventilatory support anyone who receives this drug will die from asphyxiation or asphyxia the bad news is there's more bad news is that they will be wide awake while this occurs because sux causes a muscular process but has no sedative effects in medicine it is used as part of anesthesia since it causes complete muscular relaxation it makes passing the endotracheal tube much easier this et tube is passed through the nose and the mouth and into the trachea where a balloon is inflated to keep it in position. The tube has been used to ventilate the patient throughout the surgery. Uh, sucks, or some similar paralytic agent, is part of the three drug cocktail used in lethal injection executions. The first is a sedative to put the person to sleep. The second is the paralytic drug that paralyzes all the muscles. And the final is the potassium chloride, which immediately stops the heart. Uh, sucks must be injected, and it works very quickly, within sex- seconds to a minute. It is very so. That's actually accurate in the show. Yeah, it goes really fast. Yeah. <laughs> For once, that they works great in the show. <laughs> it is very short acting because enzymes in the body begin to break down the drug almost immediately. This makes it tough for the crime lab. There is no. Uh, SUX left to test, and so testing for it will prove negative. However, testing for the breakdown products, also called metabolites, yeah, metabolites of the drug, has proved successful in many cases. The ability to test for these breakdown products stem from the case of Carl Coppolino, one of F. Lee Bailey's most famous cases. This case is a milestone in forensic toxicology. And then it goes on to talk about that case. <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to find what possible drug that the... Because I always find in TV shows, they conveniently never tell you what the drug is, which they really shouldn't. That's... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, they just leave it to your imagination what this drug is and what it does. Well, that's why they don't tell you what they put in homemade bombs. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why they don't tell you what they put in the homemade bombs in Fight Club, so you can't go out there and make yeah. it. They just say half little chemicals. Well, same with that. What, I used to love watching Mythbusters, and whenever mm-hmm. they made explosives, they said, we're purposely skipping a very important step in this process. <laughs> just telling you how to make so, it. Yeah, yeah, so you don't know how to make it. 
<laughs> but uh, let's see. Uh, but I wanted to kill Mason myself for when you find out who the surrogate is. And you know how much I love Mason, but I love Marco more. Oh, I was so disturbed yeah, by that scene. In a show about cruel things, I think that was one of the worst. The fact that he gave her hope was the worst thing. And how did he grow that fetus, fetus in the pig? How the fuck did he do that? Why did he do that? Well, Where maybe he, he was the actually serious, but, you know, it just didn't work out because of the biology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, pigs are the most similar to human beings. Like, we can get organs from them. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I was like... So the he grew the baby in there somehow, and it died obviously. But eh, like the fact that he sees her is no good, to, no better than a pig. You know what? Probably you know, what I feel like happened. That baby was growing fine. Mason killed it. Yeah. How else did it get so far along in terms? Yeah, it was like mm. about like eight months. It looked yeah, like he was probably like make sure that baby fucking lives, and then and then you know just as. Uh, I don't know what his motivations could be. Yeah, then he said, "Let's kill it." <laughs> <laughs> well, because he, he has the he has the power. He could have easily impregnated somebody else, and he just did it to hurt her, basically. Yeah. Well, he does know more about pigs than than any other thing. Woman. That's true. <laughs> The, 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 the fucking thing I hated the most about that is if you see the mobile above the surrogate, it's fucking pig. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like so angry. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> Mason's such a jackass. And the whole part where he, uh, where you can just see on Margot's face the pain as she tells Alana to get the baby out. Yeah. Mm. I just oh, broke my heart. It really did. And it's just like, yeah, well, like, it was the first time I was like ready to cry in the scene. <laughs> I've never felt an urge to cry before. But I think it's just because I was spending, like, all of last week with my little baby niece. And then they hold me I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, Mason, I fucking hate you. <laughs> like, before it was a playful hate because it's just a TV show. It's like, oh, you. But this time it was visceral. It was maternal. It was instinctive. I was like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> I think, like, because we see, like, uh, Will's paternal hate earlier in the show. But I think this is stronger because, like... She has no other chance to have a kid, basically. Mm. Like, she, like that was her, like, one chance. Her last hope. Yeah. And, and then it finally occurred. Then that occurred to me, too. I'm like, that's Will's baby. Yeah, exactly. So I was just like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I didn't even think of that. I know. It's just like, yeah. So I was really actually happy that Will had no fucking idea. Yeah, both died fucking Oh, baby. yeah. Mm. Like, that baby looks like it's ready to be born, too. So it's mm-hmm. even more sad. And, like, like, seeing her hold it. Yeah, like, yeah, it definitely like breaks my heart because you can see just how sad she was about it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think he killed the pig to kill the baby, basically. Like, Probably. Because the yeah. pig was like all like just just looked like it had just died. Yeah. Like because mm. like, it wasn't rotting or anything, and like the like the baby was being monitored. And yeah, like I think he just killed it because he's like, oh yeah, Margo's too happy. I gotta, I gotta bring her down. Pay for but why did they bring it up and then? Oh, I guess because he's, he's evil. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably insurance just in case that uh, because while he's doing the surgery. Oh yeah, like when under. Because then that is an error. Mm-hmm. So it was probably insurance. He's like, okay, I'm about to get what I want and my fa- my new face, so that I can kill kill that baby now. So. I don't know. Something uh, like that. Like, we, we'll never know his motivations. Like yeah. He, yeah. Anything that just, like, he was an asshole, that's basically yeah. it. Oh, oh, and before we get we, with that, that scene, when Hannibal walked in all bloodied and with his, his With bloody, that hammer? Yeah. yeah. With a fucking hammer? I was like, is that all you had? <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> he was, he was clapping. He was so bloody. <laughs> I know. I was like, 
I was, I was just, I was, I was, I was so lusty. <laughs> I was just like, you look so good, sir. But you know what the episode, what part of the episode scared me? The scene where Mason pulls up the mirror and sees Cordell's face on his own. That fucking freaked me out. Yeah, I was like, oh. Was, that was, uh. I actually believe that. It was, he actually pulled through. Yeah. like gave Will's face. I was like, no way. He actually took his face. <laughs> the fear in Mason's eyes was the first human emotion you ever see him go through. And I was like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wish um, Hannibal had actually sewn it on, though. Like, so he had, would have had to rip it off. Like, I wish that. But then we would have been getting the grosser thing. Yeah, so. <laughs> no time, though. Sorry, yeah, no time. Uh, but before we go any further, I want to segue us into today's Under the Table True Crime segment, which is... Blah, blah, blah. Travis the Trimp and Face Transplants. Ooh. Travis the who? The Trimp. The Chimp. Sorry, I said Oh, that. like the chimpanzee? So, yeah, chimpanzee. So, Travis was a male common chimpanzee that was adopted by Sandra Harold when he was three days old. He raised in Sanford, Connecticut and was Harold's constant companion. Harold and her husband owned a, to- a towing company and people around town would often see Travis traveling in the truck, wearing children's clothing and buckled in. Mm. He would pose for photos at their towing shop and greet police officers when cars were being towed. Travis could open doors using keys, dress himself, water plants, feed hay to his owner's horses, eat at a table with the rest of the family, and drink wine from a stemmed glass. Mm. He was also fond of ice cream that he learned uh, he was so fond of ice cream that he learned the schedules of passing ice cream trucks. He logged onto the computer to look at pictures, watch television using a remote control, and brushed his teeth using a water pick. Hmm. After Harold's husband died from cancer and their only son died in a car accident, she began to baby Travis and would bathe with him and sleep in the same bed. At 13, Travis weighed 200 pounds. As chimps reach adolescence, they become increasingly aggressive, especially males, and have five to seven times the strength of an adult man. Hmm. On February 16, 2009, Travis escaped Harold's house with her car keys. Travis had been taking medication for Lyme disease that has been and it has been and it had been found she had given him Xanax, which could have exacerbated his later aggression. Harold called her friend Carla Nash to assist with getting Travis back into the house. Travis was familiar with Nash as she worked for the towing company, but she had a different hairstyle at the time, so he probably didn't recognize her. Nash was holding one of Travis's favorite toys in an attempt to get him indoors. Travis saw the toy and attacked Nash. Travis inflicted devastating injuries to Nash's face and limbs. She lost her hands, nose, eyes, lips, and mid-face bone structure and received significant brain tissue injuries. Harold attempted to stop Travis by hitting him with a shovel and stabbing him with a butcher knife. She barricaded herself in her car and called 911. Operator assumed it was a joke until Harold began screaming that Travis was eating Nash's face. Paramedics responding to a 911 call after the attack said they found pieces of Nash's fingers strewn on the floor and her hands looked as though they had been through a meat grinder. Mm. The cops arrived and Travis attempted to open a locked passenger door on the cruiser. As he opened the driver door of the police cruiser, the police officer shot Travis in the chest at close range. Nash underwent more than seven hours of surgery on her face and hands by four teams of surgeons, 72 hours after the attack. The hospital provided counseling to its staff members who initially treated her because of the extraordinary nature of her wounds. Doctors were able to reattach her jaw, and she was a candidate for experimental face transplant surgery. So a face transplant is a medical procedure to replace all or part of a person's face using tissue from a cadaver. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's why it says organs and tissues on your uh, organ donation card. That's where they come from. <laughs> the world's first partial face transplant on a living human was carried out in France in 2005. The world's full face transplant was completed in Spain in 2010. In June 2016, a multidisciplinary team of surgeons, physicians, and other health professionals completed a near-total face transplant at Mayo Clinic's Rochester campus. The patient, Andrew Sanditz, a 32-year-old from Eastern Wyoming, had devastating facial injuries from a gunshot wound in 2006. Surgery which spanned more than 50 hours, restored Sandez's nose, upper and lower jaw, palate, teeth, cheeks, facial muscles, oral mucosa, some of the salivary glands, and the skin of his face from below the eyelids to the neck and from ear to ear. The care team led by Samer Mardini and Hatem Amir, the surgical director and medical director respectively, for the Mayo Clinic Ethan and Della Obrid Center for Reconstructed Transplant Surgery devoted more than 50 Saturdays over three and a half years for rehearsing the surgery using sets of cadaver heads to transplant the face of one to the other. Today, in addition to his physical transformation, Sandez can smell again, breathe normally, and eat foods that were off limits for a decade. In June 2011, Nash underwent transplant surgery performed by a team led by Dr. Bodan Pomahek at the Harvard Teaching Affiliate Brigham and Women Hospital, receiving a donated face and hands. The hands transplant was successful, but because Nash developed pneumonia shortly thereafter, doctors were forced to remove her newly transplanted hands due to an infection and the resulting poor circulation. Facial transplants entail submitting otherwise physically healthy people to potentially fatal lifelong immunosuppressant therapy. And as a result, in 2016, uh, Nash's body began to reject the face plan, transplant after doctors tried to wean her off the anti-rejection drugs. So that's one of the big uh, things they're trying to work around is because you have the transplanted face, you have to take like immunosuppressive drugs for the rest of your life. So they're trying to figure out how to get that off because you could die from a cold, basically, if you get Ooh. one. So, but it's pretty, like, uh, the work they did was really amazing. Like, don't look up the pictures of what she looked like beforehand, but yeah, like, it was pretty creepy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can transplant a face, it's just not going to be very fun. <laughs> that's not Celeste making that noise. That's me of all people. I'm just, I could see it as you were describing it in my head, and I was like... Well, I didn't describe the guy who, um, uh, he had a baby chimp that they had to give up because the laws changed. So they, he took, he and his wife, who treated that chimp like a, ba- like a baby in the sun, went to visit their son at a chimp sanctuary. And two other male chimps were jealous of the attention this one was getting. So they attacked the guy and bit off his nose, his penis, a bunch of his fingers, a bunch of his ears. Well, a bunch of his ears. Both of them. And, like, chimps are terrifying. Like, don't ever look up what they're capable of. Like, mm. like, oh ugh. like, that's why I don't like when people are like, oh, yeah, chimps are so cute. I'm like, yeah, until they reach yeah, 10. Yeah, they were the eggs. Off their it's face. like that. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see Caesar? That's like him. <laughs> Speaking of, Caesar's voice was really sexy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know, right? They just did a really good job with uh, the animation for him. Like he's yeah. just like he's like the way they did Caesar in the uh, in Fun the later days. in the later films is he just looks very authoritative, commanding, and the actor did like a bang up job. And Andy Serkis is sexy in real life. Let's just submit it now. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> like I thought I never thought uh, a chimp could be this um 
attractive. I guess I, I don't want to say attractive because it wasn't. It's not. Sounds not, like you're attractive. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, okay. I, 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 I'm one of those people that respect authority, and he just did that very well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Leave me alone. <laughs> but moving on. <laughs> but uh, the fact that Mason still has time to laugh at Margot despite the fact that he is terrified makes me want to kill him. I hated that scene. I know he was trying to switch the power dynamics. Yeah. It's like, no, sir, it does not work that way. Yeah, it's like you're fucking dying tonight, dude. <laughs> like, oh. But just like the cruelness of that when he's like, I found your surrogate and he just laughs. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, isn't me like how fast this episode went? Yes, it was just one thing after the other. You barely had a time, like a chance to breathe, but at the same time, still didn't feel. Yeah, it didn't rushed. feel rushed. Yeah, because like things were just coming to a close. Like because the last like what six episodes, seven episodes. Yeah, like to get to this point have been so slow that things have finally gotten to like the natural end of where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So everything just like came to a oh. head. That. Uh, uh, someone's phone buzzed. That's on me. Is it mine? <laughs> me? Not me. But I wish uh, Mason had okay. been eaten by the pigs. That's what I was hoping for. Yeah, that would have been just poetic justice. Yeah. Where is the did did the way he died? Did that come from something else? That comes from the book. Uh, from the book? Is that how um, he died? In the, book? Uh, in the book, in the movie Hannibal, he dies because Cordell pushes him into the pig. Yeah, the pig farm. Because um, oh. in in the in the movie, uh, Mason is very clear to tell him like the pigs will only eat what fears them because that's what how they were trained. So if you scream or if you're afraid, they will eat you. Mm-hmm. But since Hannibal has no fear, they yeah. don't attack him. Yeah. And so Hannibal tells Cordell, "Okay, like push him in and tell them it was me." Like yeah. <laughs> so like Cordell's like. Pushes him in. In the book, I think he was choked to death by his eel. Let me look that up. I can't remember exactly because I, I read the book when I was like 12. So <laughs> The 12. movie version sounds pretty cool, though. Oh, like, yeah. Like, because he's just like Cordell. Like, I guess that's another thing we got to do at the end of the season. Book. We got to watch, uh, watch the movies with Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to see because uh, it's actually uh, Margot that kills him at the end. Nice. Okay, let's see. Um... My girl. In the yeah. confusion, Lecter carries the unconscious starling to safety and escapes. At the same time, Margot obtains Mason's sperm by sodomizing him with a cataprod and kills him by shoving his pet mora eel down his throat. Lecter, who had briefly treated Margot after her brother abused her, had urged her to blame the murder on him, so she leaves a strand of Lecter's hair at the scene. So oh. it's based partly on the book and partly on the on the show, on the movie too. Because uh, in the book, Margot is Mason's bodyguard because she's a weightlifter in that in that universe. Hmm. But yeah, I think like I totally forgot. I thought the book and the and the movie ended the same way. <laughs> I was like, then you just push him into the pig fan, and I'm like, oh, we're great, yeah, the eel, <laughs> the eel thing. But uh, of course, Hannibal knows how to milk a prostate. Hi, <laughs> Oh, I made a note about that here. Uh, um. Sorry, I'm laughing at myself. Because right. that's a term I've only ever heard used in fan fiction. <laughs> like this whole scene was really cool too. Like the moment that he like he tried uh. to attack Alana first, right? Uh, because she had the sperm. He was gonna shoot her. Yeah, and, and Margo, Margo like took just the gun, yeah. took him down. He's like, "Oh, that's not my future wife, sir." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was gonna say like, uh, "Oh, the fan fiction I've read, inspired by this episode alone." I'm not proud, but <laughs> but it was so funny because I completely forgot that this that that it happened in the show. 
when I found the fan fiction, I was like, what the hell is this? Because, like, all the settings say, like, uh, the uh, Berger's Farm, or it's happening here, and I was like, and I was like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I was half curious, and then I'm like, okay, so I'm reading, reading, reading. And I'm like, oh. No, it was so funny. When a scene was happening there, I had to go back up, read the tags. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? And then I had to look up what that is, because believe it or not, I didn't know what that meant. So I read it, and I was like, Oh, let's go back to the fan fiction. <laughs> now we have context. And then I read the dates on some of these uh, fan fictions, which also helps context where these authors came up with these. It was they wrote it just shortly after this, this episode, episode aired. Oh, I see. So I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, you. <laughs> but so it's implied that they milked the prostate while he was still unconscious from yeah. the from yeah. the surgery. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and he's still paralyzed, so he wouldn't know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but um, if I had been Will waking up in his old house, I would have been checking my damn face to make sure it was still there. I'm surprised. I just loved how Hannibal <laughs> carries Will bridal style. Yeah. It's like, carry him over your shoulder like a man. That's actually how it was originally scripted. But apparently later on, like after, you know, Hannibal, uh, or, okay, sorry, after Mass, Hugh, and Brian talk about it, uh, Hannibal's like, no, I feel, or Mass says, I feel like Hannibal would, he wouldn't carry him like a, like a, a slab of meat. He'd carry him because he's precious, whether he consciously like, knows oh, it or not. Oh my gosh. So he's carried like that. <laughs> Even though practically, he would you know, do logistically, it. it's easier to carry a heavy load like that up on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. But what does he do? He carries him like precious like, cargo. Like precious. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how did um how did he get knocked out in the first place? Like from the surgery, right? Like yeah. so he yeah. was like he, he was knocked out from the from the from the pain of having his yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the shock finally uh, knocked him out. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, at, at a certain point uh, Hannibal might have injected him with something. Just Stop for injecting the, for the... him with drugs, Hannibal. <laughs> and oh my god, I've read fan fiction inspired with this, from this scene. <laughs> Where apparently there's a whole co like one thing one thing I, I got to give props for for uh, for fan fiction writers is they make up entire conversations that we don't never, that yeah. we never see but they happen co like uh, still within canon of what happened mm. in the show they just make up scenes and dialogue that happen and it still works and it creates this more dynamic understanding and I remember reading this one where well we'll give. Will a blowjob. <laughs> In essence, that's all it is. If you really just want to narrow it down to the smut, that's what it is. But they also have a meaningful conversation on the drive back or somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> or the walk back. I don't know what it is. And uh, blowjob in the woods? <laughs> no, while he was still on the slab. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> I, okay, going back to anyway. um, I really do love the, the quality of the fan fiction. Like, I've never read one that was bad. I have. I haven't, but I haven't been, like, because I don't read the main, like, Hannibal, like, Will stuff. Mm. So that's probably why. But, yeah, like, it's been pretty cool to me to see, to not, like, kudos to the people who write that stuff. Because they, they go out of character too much, which I really appreciate. Mm. But, yeah, like, the fan art's my favorite thing yeah. in this fandom. That's what I'm Well, like, I, yeah, <laughs> like, that's the thing, too. I don't want to say, like, the, the fan fiction that I've read bad, per se. It's more like... They completely ignore character canon and make the characters do whatever they want to do, and a lot of it's smut stuff, <laughs> which is which is fine, you know, whatever. But like when they change the language, like they, when they don't even like put in the effort how these people would actually talk. Mm -hmm. Like there's a way we know Hannibal talks. There's a way that Will talks. You know, 
and then they completely ignore it, and you can see their own, their, their own, the, the way they talk, probably the author talks, you can see their age in some of the things when they say some of the slang, like teen slang, referring to, oh, I forgot, I was just reading this one thing, and I was reading it, and I was like, only teenagers talk like that. G.G. Will. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's like, no one says that, and I've never heard Hannibal or Will say that in the show, and I was like, G.G. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you kids. But anyway, that's the only pet peeve I have with some fan fiction. It's like, yes, have fun with them, but I challenge you to keep the way they would talk and stuff as But they talk there. so, like, smart. Very, yeah, <laughs> that's very true, out. but I mean, at least very give it, intelligent at least give it a good... Yeah, like I've read some fan fiction where, like, yeah, they obviously can't spin the tree like quite like that, but they make a very darn good effort, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, that works. <laughs> That's close enough. I know what you're trying to say, so let's go with that. Go, go, go. <laughs> yes, keep doing that. Get on your knees. All right, keep going. <laughs> okay, but we come to the end. Uh, Will's confession of not missing Hannibal is such bullshit. You just chased him around Europe, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I hated this episode. <laughs> I love when the teacup shatters. Oh yeah, I was just like, I want to throw that teacup at the wall. <laughs> yeah. Nobody loves Hannibal. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I had to write all that that entire scene at the end. I just like it's like I don't know if anyone noticed that when they are they're sitting when uh, Will wakes up, Hannibal comes and sits in the chair. He's got a book with him because I guess for some reason he assumes he's going to sit there for a long time. I think he was writing something too, wasn't he? He was drawing on the chair. I thought he just had a book. Let me see. Oh, okay. But, but anyway. I see, like, little drawings in it, though. And it's just... And, and then the same music that plays at the end of uh, Season 2 finale, that piano bloodfest uh, theme, plays in the background here, too. And I thought that was interesting. I was like, because this is, a, in essence, Will's breaking up with Hannibal. He really was breaking <laughs> he up was with breaking Hannibal. Up with <laughs> and I, I had to write this down. It's just like, Will says, I miss my dogs. I'm not you. going to miss you. Or I'm, I'm not going to miss you. I'm going to find you. I'm not going to look for you. I don't want to know where you or what where where you are or what you do. I don't want to think about you anymore. Yeah, baby. And what I love is just there's a moment there where the camera's on Mass playing Hannibal. And you can see that he's actually hurt. It's probably the first time ever you see him hurt. And, but it's so subtle. It's very, 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 very subtle. Because he just kind of he looks away. Breaks eye contact. There's a slight head tilt. He licks his he licks his lip to speak. You only lick your lips if your mouth is dry, you know. And because you ever notice that when you get emotional, you, all of it gets sucked yeah. out, and you have to like lick lick lips. <laughs> and I thought, oh, he's feeling emotions. And then Hannibal, of course, says, you know, you delight in wickedness, and then berate yourself for the delight. Like he's saying, like you're getting mad at yourself for what this good time we had. <laughs> And it's like, you delight. I, think- I tolerate. I don't have your appetite. Goodbye, Hannibal. <laughs> get out of my, get get out of my, my house. <laughs> Hannibal pauses times. He, he pauses in the chair. And he gets up. He pauses again. Pauses one more time. Like, like he wants to say something, but he's not. But he's like, no. That's it. And then out the door he goes. And I was just like. Oh, he broke up with him. <laughs> someone, uh, someone in the audience, please correct me. It looks like and we do get a look inside the book, and it looks like music. Like music? It, yeah, like it says, and 
Are you sure that's not math? <laughs> it looks like math or something. I can't tell what it is. Because it's like, it's code, it looks like. Because there's like where symbols. Oh, it is a notebook. Code. Yeah, like it's something that he's writing because his phone is in the middle of it too. Oh, he has a phone? I think he does. That looks like a phone. Oh. It's iPad. Yeah. Oh, no, I thought he was just reading a book. Oh, that's It so looks cool. like code, though. Like, that's what I'm thinking it is. Well, that would make sense. You know, you wouldn't just write, I'm a murderer. What I did today. <laughs> Why <laughs> I did Dear it. journal. <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> Hannibal, um, Will was mean to me. <laughs> uh, but, like, when Will, uh, freaking Jack comes to arrest Hannibal, I love how everyone gets a cool-ass cane when they fought Hannibal. Like, everybody gets one. It looks so cool. It's like an award for yeah. surviving Hannibal. <laughs> it's like, you don't get a cool-ass cane for nothing. Does that mean Will's going to get a cool-ass so, cane? So... Uh, did Will call the FBI or did the FBI just go to him? I think they, uh, I think, uh, Jack came back and knew that they'd be, th- well, how did he know they'd be there? Well, yeah. Like, go check out the only thing I could think, The only thing I could think of is that something, fi- someone finally went to go clean Margo. up the mess. Yeah, went to clean up the mess at the Verger farm and then was like, oh yeah, Will's gone. Oh, Will. Yeah. <laughs> so, Will and Hannibal were here. Let's go to Will's place. <laughs> That's probably what happened. Honestly. Yeah, because like Alana knew that Jack was alive, so it was probably her that called the cops. And I just love that. Yeah, where it's like, he's gone, Jack. Jack, I'm here. I know, right? Out. And he's just like, I want, I want you to know exactly where I am and where you can always find me. Look straight yeah. at Will. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, Hannibal, you bitch. What I wrote, eat a dick, Hannibal. I hate you. I know, right? He just seems like a like a lover, still like hooked hooked on his his the uh, will. I was just so annoyed this episode. I was like, oh, I hate Hannibal. But I wrote a final note on that. It's just like the ending. Oh, that breakup scene, and then fucking Hannibal taking a gamble on the long game, the game of love. (laughs) <laughs> and just I'm just like okay <laughs> like it's just just that it's it's so weird like it'll come up again um in the final episode but that thought where you can see it this is the first time we well it's not the first time but it's almost made it's made canon that Hannibal lets that that will does something to Hannibal he had a chance there to be free Again and do yeah. whatever, but no, he was like legit. Like, oh, I want Will to know where I am. I don't want him to forget me. <laughs> like, it's a weird lapse in judgment, but like that's what you know, love and affection does to you as a person. You sometimes you you're, you're things, you do yeah. stupid things. Your better judgment just <laughs> just disappears. But just, in that case, but regarding what he told to Bedelia, I think that was his plan all along. Because like he's, he's remembering all the stuff from Florence. He's re- like preparing his memory warehouse for all this stuff. Well, that's true, they sorry, that's, have... a, that's a dreamcatcher term for yeah. that. <laughs> his memory palace. Yeah, yeah. memory warehouse is impossible. Because I'm lower class. That whole conversation that you have, too, is talking about memory palace memory palace and he says like you know i've made rooms up that feature you mm-hmm. and you rise victorious you know well, like, what was, what did he tell him there like if i like if i never see you again like what did he say in the archive like, if, if i never I, see you again like, yeah, if i would never see you moment. again i would remember this time yeah so he's preparing for his inevitable capture because he can't run forever like he, mason had the bounty on him the fbi, the FBI knows where he is like chio might come after him 
Even though she says that she's not going to, but like he, she could come after him. So uh, just like, and then yeah, I can gush all I want about how <laughs> Hannibal like loves Will, and, but at the same time, I still quite, can't quite get like, like truly why? What was his thinking on? I'm not entirely sure, but what I do know is that Hannibal always decides things, and he decides time. to be captured instead of being caught. And he took the satisfaction from Jack from doing that. Yeah, it's, he, it's a power it's a power trip thing. Like, cause he couldn't be caught. He gave yeah. up. He was never going to be caught. That's true. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> well, no, because this just, just reminds me of um, the intentions of the text compared to the intention of the actors. Because there's this huge thing going now in the Pacific Rim fandom about how Charlie Day confirmed that Dr. Newt Geyser is in love with Dr. Herman Gottlieb, like my two favorite, two of my two favorite characters in Pacific Rim. Mm. And Charlie Day has confirmed that, like that he's in love with Herman, but he is in denial over it. But the 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 canon doesn't support it. Like mm. he has, it, it's an acting choice on his behalf. But in this case, the canon and the actors confirm it. So I'm like, that's cool. But still, I'm like, no, Hannibal, go away. <laughs> Because I was thinking about this today, about like I was cracking a joke on um, on Twitter about how like I want I hate Will now, but I'm like I wish that uh, Red Dragon and Hannibal like ran away together. I'm like, what the hell? Is the same thing. They would cause so much havoc. Like, <laughs> so I was like, uh, but I'll get to it when we watch the next episode. I I do wonder what's Chiu going to do because she has nothing. Yeah, like she, she just has her gun. <laughs> like she has her gun. She has her gun in her she's room. She's my gun. <laughs> and she's in the U.S. away from home. Like what's she? What's she Maybe she's do? gonna go, like live her life anew. Like it's like she doesn't have to watch that dude in like her prison anymore. Mm. Like she knows where Hannibal is. Oh yeah, because she saw the whole thing, so she yeah. knows he's going to jail. He's going to jail, and so maybe she can live her own life. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, okay, <laughs> without spoiling. I don't think she makes another appearance, right? This is it. However, just keep her in mind. Next episode. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. So many fucking fan theories have come up. So anyway, when we can... get there, yeah. I'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self: talk about it later. But I, I really like their conversation between Hannibal and Chio. Like it was this really kind of like, you know, even though they had, they had seen each other briefly along this journey, but that they were finally able to talk. Oh yeah, huh? and it was like a weird reunion between. Like this weird big brother and little sister, sister. Yeah. and then talking about Misha and how he admits to her, yeah, I ate her, but I didn't kill her. But again, it still leaves it a mystery. What happened to Misha? But like, how can he believe? She can't believe him too, considering she knows what he is. Like, well, that's the thing he too. Right? Lying, he he yeah. could be lying, but you know, in Hannibal's mind, it's very possible that he thinks that he might have been like the catalyst of some sort. But he truly believes on a technicality. I didn't technically kill her. Yeah. And that's fine enough for him. Yeah. <laughs> Do they explain that in the show? No. And later? No. In no? the books, they try, in the book, that they made an attempt on explaining what happened to yeah, Misha. In the, in the movie, um, the their house is overtaken by these, like, uh, Russian soldiers, and they kill Misha because she's sick. And so they don't have any food, so they cook her. But then, like, the oh, whole geez. the whole existential crisis of Hannibal in that series is that he didn't realize that he ate her, too. Mm-hmm. And so that's what drives him crazy at the end. The Chio surrogate and that Lady Matsumo? I can't remember her name. But anyway, like, Chio's handmaiden, or Chio's uh, boss, 
uh, Hannibal's aunt. Lady Mirasaki. Yeah, Lady Mirasaki. I couldn't remember her name. Anyway, uh, but Lady Mirasaki tells him, like, you ate her too. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's like, no. Yeah. And so he goes crazy. <laughs> yeah, they tried to make an attempt to explain his psychopathness, his, his cannibalism and the root of it. And you always can't. <laughs> I think I kind of prefer it. Yeah, because I don't know. want to know why he turned that way. Because he's just a terrible person. But that's supposed to be his mystery and his and his tragedy. Like, if you want to give him a tragedy, is that he was born that way. He yeah. just is. He says so when he's bathing, but uh, uh, <laughs> Bedelia's hair. You know, it's like, what happened to you? Nothing happened. I happened. Me, yeah. I happened. Mm. And it's like. And it's just, it's just one of those pet peeves I have usually <laughs> with any true crime thing or any psychopath or whatever. They always like, and we saw that movie, uh, Dahmer? Uh, my friend Dahmer. My yeah. friend Dahmer. That my friend JJ. Yeah. <laughs> that entire movie attempts to show maybe how Dahmer became Dahmer. Mm. But even though they say you very early that he was already had t- these tendencies. Yeah, he was already creepy. Yeah. yeah, his dad said, I never should have given you a shed to, you know, help, put, you know, play with these dead animals. And it's like, no. He was born that way. He was, he was already go- going to be whatever. But the movie tries to make shape it like a... That his mom was the reason Yeah, why. it was all these things together and he was he was created. And it's like, oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, you could see that there was like some way that he could have been helped. Because like, he was ignored yeah. a lot as a kid. And like his parents basically abandoned him for his brother. But I'm like, boo-hoo, like, me and JJ and Celeste have like... Terrible backstories, and we're not serial killers that you know of. Like, so <laughs> well, exactly, but like that's just all. I'm just saying, like for some people, yes, it's a combination of uh, uh, environment. Yeah, made them that way. There's a combination of being born that way and then environment, and then sometimes you can have the perfect life and still hmm. be fucking. Well, crazy. I think like BTK was like that, like because he was just fucking psycho. Like, well, yeah, from the whole thing. Sometimes people are just born that way. It's <laughs> Just the way it is. I think just people want explanations. They do. Like, they need to have one. And it's like, you know what? You don't always get one. Mm, yeah. Well, and uh, not to get all racial on here, but, like, it seems like um, whenever there's any, t- like, sort of terrorist attack where a white person did it, they're always a trying loner. to explain. Yeah. yeah. Like, he was alone. Girls wouldn't date him. And yeah. I'm like, go to hell. Like, what was the excuse for shooting that person in their own backyard with their cell phone in their hand? Like, tell me that. Riddle me that, people. Mm. We could go on. But anyway. But anyway, uh, we come to the end of the show. <laughs> what was your favorite and least favorite part of this episode and why, Celeste? Uh, this whole episode was just a good episode. <laughs> I think it might become my favorite, actually. Ooh. Yeah. Just, like, because, you know, I, like um, Sonia said how it was so slow in mm. the first uh, couple episodes and then, like, everything just came together yeah, just bam, in this bam, one. Bam. It, just, it was just very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, like, I don't know, it was very exciting. It had, like, girl power, like, the... the like the murder girlfriends, like mm. working together. Who I like better. <laughs> They're just so cool. I want just them, please. <laughs> and like Mason died, even though he de- died in like such a horrible way. Like, like why did the eel go into his mouth to kill him? It was just it was soft. That's that's it. <laughs> so okay. Um, birds will eat the softest part of you if you're dead outside. So they'll start with your tongue and your eyes. Ugh. So, like, it probably went in there because it... And it probably was, oh, look, a, a nice warm cave I can hide in. Maybe. Uh, yeah. And saw his tongue, too, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but his tongue. Oh, that's so gross. Yeah. And it kind of seemed like they were all working together in this episode, too. Like, they all... Like, they needed each other to get out of whatever they need to get out of. Oh. Well, and um, Hannibal felt sorry for Margot. Like, she's like, you have to kill him if you're going to get better. 
Like, tell him it was me. <laughs> so it was like his present to her. Yeah, but it was all still manipulative to, yeah. to get his own freedom. Yeah. I don't know if he actually legit felt sorry for her, but it's all just planting seeds so that he could be freed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they still like all work together to get out of that. <laughs> the end justifies the means. Least, <laughs> least favorite, super gory. I the amount of times I flinched during watching this <laughs> was too many. <laughs> it was just really gross after another. And also, it's very heartbreaking with the whole thing with Margot and the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the worst. How about you, DJ? So I love the ending, <laughs> the fucking breakup scene. <laughs> just, just Hannibal, like all sad, like. <laughs> no <one> loves you. <laughs> Have you ever seen that thing from Arrested Development where that what's his what's his name goes? Who ate my hard boiled eggs? And then that child Charlie Brown music plays in the background. <laughs> do 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 do. <laughs> That's kind of what I thought. I wanted to play that while Hannibal's like walking out the door. I know that's awful, but I've just seen this so many times that I have to, I need that uh, comical relief. Anyway. And then what I hate, of course, is just what Mason did to Margot. But at the same time, what a satisfying death of his. It was just like, I hated him. I already said it. I hated him. And then when he died, I was like, (sighs) I can close Satisfying. the book. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, favorites of mine, well, despite how much it made me angry, Mason and Margot, this episode is my favorite thing. Just because finally pushed her too far. Because mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. that she was going to kill him until he basically compared her to a pig. Like, even though he's done it before, mm. this was the first time he's like, oh yeah, the only person who could surrogate for you was this animal. And I'm like... It's fucking horrifying. Like, like how, that like, bastard. Like, that's his sister. <laughs> what the hell? Like, and I just love how she says, like, a virgin baby, yours and mine, mostly yours. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> also, I think that Alana actually gave her strength during this episode oh, yeah. too. Like, I don't think she would have gone through of it if without it wasn't her. her. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's my favorite thing too. That um, what was it? Um, that. What was my thought? Sorry, I just lost it. Uh, it had to do with Margot. What am I saying? I just love that Margot finally found, like, uh, it reminds me of that scene in Pan's Labyrinth where the whole time the, the colonel, the army guy in the whole movie, his only goal is that his son remembers him, right? Mm. So at the end, when he's about to be killed by the rebels that he's mistreated, he hands over his baby son and says, like, he gives him he breaks his watch and gives it to him so he knows when his father has died and he's like tell my son and like the the lady he's tortured like early in the movie is like no he won't even remember your name and shoots him and i'm like yeah that's what basically reminded me of like because the margo's taken what she needs from mason and mm-hmm. no one's ever gonna remember him and mm-hmm. i love that i'm like she just took his legacy i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> but my least favorite was probably telling Hannibal like to get to get going because I'm like you just followed him around Europe you bitch like so. <laughs> maybe he just stopped liking Hannibal after Hannibal tried to saw his head off his head off <laughs> tried to take his brain it's like yeah that's a bit too much we should, do, we should see other people <laughs> but yeah that's like the secret but where can we find you on the interweb Celeste? you can find me on Instagram and Tumblr at Satuma 
S-A-T-U-M-W-A-H. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as JJ Neeps. J-J-N-E-E-P-S. And you can find me on Instagram as JJ Neepin Films. And you can find me as Honey underscore Child at t- Twitter. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Twitter. Dash Child on Tumblr. And you can find Hannibal's Horny Abachi at Hannibal's Horny Abachi on Tumblr. All one word. It's Hibachi on Twitter, which we're updating a little bit more since we discovered how to use... GIFs, and please email us at Hannibal Sornyabachi if you have any questions. We're coming up to the end of the series, and I'm not sure where we're going to go after that, I think. Well, I think we still have movies to watch. Movies to watch. At the very least. I really want to watch Red Dragon again. Uh, That would be fun. Even though, like, we were having this discussion about how much Ray Fine sucks in that movie. But, uh, Emma will... We can see his penis. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. fine. I wanted to see Richard Armitage's penis. (laughs) I still wouldn't mind doing that thing with, um... With Sage? Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, if you guys are interested in we wanted to do uh, a murder mystery, Victorian-era Cholulu mystery with Hannibal and Will Graham as characters within the story. And so if you wanted to see that as one of, one of its own bonus episodes, let us know. Like, we will upload it and uh, we get to pick our own characters, so. <laughs> it would be like Lady Child, Louise Lover or something, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. But yeah, we will see you next week with uh, the Red Dragon episode. Yay! Yay. See you later. Bye. Bye.